I those those things go go to the trash. Mm. Uh, yeah, there are stuff that I can't seem to let go of. Mm. Particularly shoes. There mm. are some shoes that they are so nice. Mm-hmm. I don't really wear them as much. They just look beautiful, so you yeah, just I keep them like them this. Probably in an event. Yeah, yeah. Mostly the classics. The yeah. Oh classics. yeah, they are so beautiful, bro. Yeah, so like, I just keep them. It's just timeless, the way that you look at it, and then you're like, oh my God. It, the design from 80s and it's still there. That's true. That's what I love about it. Talking about 80s, I just came across a, a post on Facebook where I saw your comment, Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that good. Well, the way how... Um, it gives away my age and I, I, I don't hide my age. Yeah. I, I think probably about eight years ago, mm. um, I was so cautious about talking about my age mm. um, just because of the programs I teach. Mm. But now I feel like, um, Hey, it's not, it's not about the numbers anymore. It's about, how you feel. Mm. So I'm proud to say that I am 48 years old now oh. and I'm still, I'm still teaching dance. Some might say you should, a lot of people, uh, particularly from um, the, 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 the ones who came before me are mm. saying, by this time, you should stop teaching mm. dance because it's not age appropriate anymore. I go, I don't think so because uh, dance is not just dance it's it's movement it's a celebration of it's a celebration of 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 movement of what god has given you mm. so if you can still do it if your body still allows you to do it then do it why not i mean i, I see students of mine who are in their 60s wow some pushing pushing 70s and i tell myself if these people come to class to dance at their mm. age what mm. should stop me from doing the same thing. Mm. The only difference is that I'm on the stage, they're on the floor. Mm. But I can still do the moves and they can still learn from me. Mm. So it's a gift. I have to share it. Wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's really deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's really deep. Because, yeah, I mean, I was just going, you, you, don't, you don't look 48. You don't look in your 40s. You actually look late 30s. That's probably the reason why a lot of people would say that I don't look my age because number one, I just enjoy what I do. Mm. Um, I get paid for it, mm. but at the same time, um, I could make more money, mm. but I want to make, I want to make a living out of something that I love doing. I do enjoy. Yeah. Cause when you do that, you inspire more people. That's right. I don't want to go to work with a, with a sad face. And say, <laughs> else i should be over here yeah, yeah they get a lot they get paid more yeah but i think the the biggest payoff for me is going to work happy yeah every day happiness yeah. happiness there are so many members that i know over all these years of teaching classes who came up and who said that they have a good job they make good money but they are not happy that's true. It's a it's a choice you have to make. It's always yeah. a choice that you that, that you have to make. Because um, if you strip it down to the basics of uh, let's say life, um, why do you want to get paid more? Mm. Right? Oh, this so I can buy this. Um, so I can have that. So I can have a nice house, a nice car. Why do you want to have a nice car and a ha- nice house? It's because like this, it, but, but then at the end of the day or at the end of that conversation, if you ask them really, well, why do you want all of these things? I want to be happy. So I'm cutting it right from the beginning. I want to do something that I love to do because I want to be happy. And that's yeah. the easiest way. I might, I might not have a nice car, a nice house. I might not be able to buy everything that I want, but I'm happy. I'm eating and I can do anything I want. Yeah. I mean, but why complicate things? Yeah. Yeah. I really like this philosophy, bro. 
I I resonate with you on this one because um, because just you know when I was in India uh, and when I was working in India with uh, with fitness first as as a personal trainer and a part time GX instructor and I was doing both and as a personal trainer I was making loads of money like loads of money and I bought my first bike I bought bought my first super bike. And then I, you know, and then I was just showing off, like, I was like, so proud of myself. But at the end, you know, it didn't make much sense because that bike was just used from coming from home to the office, to the gym, and then back to home. So there is no extra added element that I would be doing something really crazy with that bike, right? Half of the time you're stuck in traffic and traffic in Delhi is like traffic in Manila. Like same, it's worse. And um, then I bought my car and I thought I will be happy. But with the car, I was even more sad because I was getting stuck even more in the traffic. I was like, what the hell? Like, And I think a couple of years back when I made a switch to full-time GX instructor, there was a dip in the money, of course, you know, there is a, there is a decrease in the money. And then I have to, you have to adjust your expectations with what you earn. And it's doable when people say that they can't live without, you know, this, this X amount of money, unless that you have to pay for somebody else, like your parents, but you can still make it work, right? You can still manage your expectations with the less money. You just, it just takes time. And that time taking process is what scares a lot of people. Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know the situation in Vietnam right now, but in, in the Philippines, mm. um, since March 2020, we weren't allowed to teach GX in the gyms. The gyms would be open every now and then, and now it's closed again. Mm. Um, I think from 2020 at the time that we closed down from the pandemic to now, the gym has only been open six months, and that's not straight six months. It's like open, close, open, close. Wow. Um, and that's where I get my, the bulk of my money, plus mm. my overseas work with, with less meals. Mm. And none of, that, none of that is happening right now. Um, I've got a few classes in a week that I do virtually, and that's what is keeping me going. Um, a few um, online IMTs happening as well, mm. so that helps. Um, what I'm trying to say is that... Um, there will always be a struggle when, when you don't earn as much. But then you learn how to really think about the more important stuff. Mm. And budget your money towards that. Um, mm. So, like, like, I just agree with what you said. But there will be an adjustment. It will take some time. It will take some time. It will be hard in the beginning, but when you've adjusted, you cope. Mm. Life goes on for you. Mm. That's right. That's right. Bro, um, I want, want to take this opportunity to kind of explain what happens on this podcast. <laughs> and this should have come before we start. <laughs> I know. Like, well, where, where are we going at? <laughs> 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 uh, oh my god uh, yeah but but the thing is this i want to <clears throat> I, uh, excuse me i want to break some norms you know i don't want to follow what people follow in the industry i don't want to follow what everybody does and i want to do just my own thing so the idea of this podcast is to just have a chat just to have a conversation just to have a chat uh a few weeks back i did a bit of homework you know uh, about you and you know likewise whenever i have somebody that i invite on the show uh, i do my homework but then you know in the in the end i just chuck it off i just say you know what if i do that kind of homework and if i come along with those mindset of those questions then <laughs> this is going to be like anything else you know where it's a question and answer scene but it's not a strict question and answer scene, very subjective. It's a very broad spectrum. Like we just fly from one topic to another topic and we just keep talking. And there is a time limit if you want, like one hour. And then whatever that we talk, we talk. So that's, I feel for me, it makes it unique. 
where you talk without any uh, any pattern, you know, just to be free. Okay, kind of hard as well if you don't have anything in your mind now. <laughs> Yeah, there are these times when when there is this pin drop silence for more than two minutes, and then I'm like, okay, what should we talk about? <laughs> But it doesn't happen that much. So, uh, bro, can you introduce yourself on this podcast? Okay. And I'm sure you must have done it many, many times. No, no not really. I've, I've not, this is my first podcast, actually. Really. Uh, Yeah. Hey, can I whistle? Can I whistle? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> Nobody okay. thinks I'm important, but you. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Arnold Warren. I am based in Manila, in the Philippines, and I work as a as a GX instructor for Fitness First. And I'm a I'm a Les Mills trainer and presenter for Body Jam and Shabam. Um, I am a dancer. So the programs that I teach are mostly dance. I don't do any athletic um, or strength training program. I stay with with what I know. Um, and I have been teaching and training for Les Mills for more than 15 years. And I love what I'm doing. Um, apart from dancing, I think I would say my next passion is in surfing. Um Prior to the pandemic, I would find myself um, in a surf spot twice, thrice a month. Just gives me it gives me calm, peace, and um, it it gives me that connection to nature. That's why I love it. Uh, I love it. I really love it. Particularly the uh, the part where you're just alone in the sea with nothing else but you and the surfboard. Um, It just gives you that feeling of calmness and um, a time for me just to say thank you and say my gratitude to the world, to the universe, to to God. Um, what else can I say about myself? Um, I'm 48 years old. I live alone. I have one sister and she has a family and she lives in uh, Missouri in the U.S., Um, my parents have passed away about 20 years ago. So I'm basically um, an orphan since I was in my, before I turned 30. Wow. Um, what else? I've got 11 dogs right now. Yes. <clears throat> I've got, originally I had three female chihuahuas and I decided to have one uh, mated. And mm. she gave eight puppies, which I'm taking care of now. They're two months today. Oh, congratulations. Birthday. Happy birthday to them. <laughs> Happy birthday to them. Happy two months to them. Um, so I'm very busy taking care of them. Um, I'm up at around 5.30 a.m. just <laughs> cleaning up everything. Because um, you know how pups can really be messy with stuff and it smells in the house so mm -hmm. you gotta do what you have to do um so what else i've been to i've never traveled until i traveled i mean traveled outside of the philippines until i was i became part of les mills mm -hmm. so uh, the trainings that i do have become um my travel um experiences as well And that's part of what I really love about doing um, trainings and, and workshops. Secondary to what I really want to do, which is to dance and inspire other people to, um, to just move. Because I think not necessarily just dance, but movement really um, makes people more, more fun. Mm. You can mm. just sit down or, or just do nothing. You have to move. And whether it's dancing or it's exercise, you have to, because it gets the body um, feeling something else. And it makes you happy. And like they say in, what's this movie? Legally Blonde. Um, <laughs> yeah, happy, happy people makes the world a better place. And 
yeah, I think that's, um, if you will ask me what my purpose is in this world, I think my sole purpose is to just inspire people to be happy. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that's the, at the top of my mind. Like you said, it's just basically ask a question and I'll answer. So I haven't really prepared for that. Yeah, question. that's okay. That's absolutely that you didn't you didn't prepare a lot of things can can you hear the background noise from my side i can a little bit but i hear you more clear than the okay. background noise thank god Does it thank god me? bro you have no idea what happened last time last time i came here to do my podcast like i'm outside my home okay uh yeah, there is a, nice a background, there is a yeah it's a nice area with a small pool and everything is for the people in the apartments right and then there is a next set of apartment right across and it's crazy like i don't know what is happening there last time there was a child who was crying hysterically like ah, ah, and no one is beating him up i think so there no one was beating him up and then he was throwing things and on the podcast you know i'm doing an interview and then you can hear crashing and then somebody crying and right now they're doing a karaoke in the morning oh in the morning so i can hear i can hear something but i can't make out i can make it out i can make out of it so now that you say it's karaoke then probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> so back of my head i'm just wishing if their karaoke thing explodes or they have a power shortage <laughs> the puppies are asleep so we're safe wait till they're awake what's their names like 11 of them have you given them any names yet yeah they all have names already because uh, i like to name my dogs um um with um with perfumes with colognes oh so chloe is my uh-huh. first chihuahua then i had summer Mm-hmm. Um, summer is by CK. Summer is CK. Yeah. Time. And then I have Chloe. Um, I have um, Candy. Candy is a is a cologne by Prada. Okay. <laughs> so um, when they came out, I tried to Google what are the most famous scents of summer because summer is their mom. Mm. So um, there were I think thirty. colognes and scents that popped up in that list it was um it was a list by i forgot that magazine but it's a it's a it's an american brand magazine that uh, okay. uh, that said uh the best scents of summer for 2021 so the names are um maya Ma, for maya and gets it's, it's a they they make colognes um names are maya Um, no, Maya, I forgot. Um, Malin. Mm. Maya and Malin. Um, and then I had um, Sunshine and Daisy. Um, I have Angel. Mm. I have Freesia. And then who else? I've got Kenzo and Hugo. Wow. So all of those names are taken <clears throat> from... either the names of the designer who made the scent or the brand itself and how did this started like how did you come to a conclusion that you're going to make you're going to name your your babies with the name of the scents like what inspired know. you it just happened uh years years back maybe 20 years ago from my first dog mm-hmm. which is a labrador um i just named her coco Because I, 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 I think I saw an ad of Coco Chanel, and I thought it was nice. Mm-hmm. And then my second dog came in; it was a beagle. Mm-hmm. And you know how beagle are—they just look happy. Yeah. So with I with long flappy happy. ears. So I just named her Happy. Happy is a uh, is a cologne by Clinic. Okay. And so it started from there. And mm. So I just had to go with it. That's I named my surfboards as well. You you I name yourself board as well? Board as well and my surfboards are named after the characters of um Snoopy, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's really nice. So the one behind you, what's his name? This one is Lucy. 
Ah. So it's a girl. It's a girl. And how many surfboards do you have, bro? Um well I have Snoopy. I have Schroeder, I have Linus, and then Lucy. Four. Four. Okay. Oh no, so, I've got five because there's a new one. It's a Schroeder uh, broke mm-hmm. years back. I had to find a replacement for a shoulder and her name mm-hmm. is Penelope. Okay, so because I have no idea about surfing, I just see, I just watch it from far and then I think it's really cool. It's one of the coolest things in this world that you can see where somebody is one with the nature and you know, so how did you, how did you get into surfing? Um, I think when I was in I was in the middle of my uh, gig as a as a fitness trainer. Well, even before this, I I was fascinated by by surfing. Um, uh, it was at the back of my mind. I want to do that. I think I want to try it. But I didn't know that we had uh, we had waves that can be surfed in the Philippines. Okay. Um, so what I did was I started by I want to look like a surfer. Um, so that's when I started to grow my hair long. Ah, that's bad. why. And then when I got the hair, I told myself, mm, the hair doesn't really make me look like a surfer. Maybe I should also have a surfer's body. So I started to work out and, and um, try to look like one. So, because I like to go to the beach. And, you know, when you're on the mm. beach, you want to be topless and all. So I want, mm. well, wanted to have a body that looks like a surfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I'm on the beach, so I was able to achieve that as well. But then um, it doesn't still still feel like I am a surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day a friend of mine said, "Hey, um, do you want to come with us? Because we're going on a surfing trip." You mean they're surfing in the Philippines? Yes. She goes, and, and and so we went, and that's my first experience. Um, I fell in love, and I had to go back, and I just find myself. Um, yeah, going back to that place. When when I started, I think every three months we were there, um, just trying to get one session done, just trying to get a feel for it. And I think it was just five years ago when I decided, yeah, I I really want to learn. Um, it's hard because it's very physical. Mm. There's a lot of things that that your body needs to be able to do to to do it particularly when you're surfing um, a, a shorter board. The longer yeah. board is easier. Mm. I can imagine. Uh, agility, flexibility, strength, mobility. That's what yeah. you need to have. Do it because um, there's a lot of movement happening when you're surfing. Yeah. A lot of balancing happening and um, a lot of core work. So you don't have to have muscles. But you need to be very agile and, and mobile to, to be able to, mm. to mm. surf. Half the battle is catching the waves. Catching the waves? That's half the battle. Or maybe I thought half the, the battle, battle is staying on the board. <laughs> um, when you're on the board and you're already stable, particularly when you're in the longer one, the long board, mm-hmm. um, you just stand there. Maybe That's you can it. do some tricks by walking the board or trying some stuff. But the hardest thing is catching the wave because you have to paddle really hard and quick so that, the, so that you can go at the same pace as the wave. Because when you, when you miss the wave, then you miss it. You won't ride it. If you, go, if, um, if you, if you paddle too fast, chances mm-hmm. are the wave will drop on you because you're going too fast and the wave is slow. So it's gonna yeah, it's gonna drop on you. Uh, So you have to time it just they call it a swell. You have to time it just just right when the swell is right there, you have to time yourself. So before it picks up, you're you're on the top. You don't have to be at the top. You have to be at the sort of the mouth of the of Uh, the wave. So the wave looks like this, right? Yeah. 
looks like this, and you, yeah, this is yeah, where yeah. you surf, right? Yeah. You have to be riding it when the wave is still here. So that's where you get the push. So it pushes you, uh-huh. and then the wave comes okay. down, and then you have to ride it. So the timing of that um, is where all the work happens. And no two waves are the same. It's never the same, right? Yeah, so every time you every time you try to catch a wave, it's a different kind of work, and that's exciting. Mm. It, it might be similar, but it's not same. Is that, is that what you mean? Two waves might be similar in the style well, or something? Similar, similar, yes, but, you know, um, they won't be exact. If, if you get a nice ride in, in one of the waves that you catch, you cannot expect that the next wave will also be like that. It's going to be a little bit different because it's, it's nature. You can't really expect it to be um, consistent. Yeah. Boy. It's going to be different every time. You know, I had just had this really good idea. When you say that it's nature and it's not consistent, all the people who have, you know, uh, control issues in their life, who are control freaks, they should do surfing. Yeah. Um, I'm a very impatient person. I never realized. I'm sorry. Surfing has, surfing has I think we, we, we knew each other. I was already surfing. Yeah. Surfing has taught me a lot about being patient. Um, number one, I'm, I live in the city and I have to travel five hours to get to the surfing spot that I, 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 I surf at. And there are times when we go there and there's no wave at all. So uh, you won't know beforehand? Well, um, that, that was before. Now there's an app that tells you the forecast. But uh, um, it's still not 100% reliable. Um, so, yeah, I would normally be throwing tantrums when, when that happens. <laughs> Or even when you're at sea trying to wait for, wait for a wave, um, there are times when you have to wait and sit there for like 20 minutes trying to wait for just a decent swell to come out so that you can ride something. Um, you can't force it to happen. You will really have to wait. So sometimes we'll, we'll go on a surf trip and we really won't be able to to surf anyway. We're there at sea, we're on our surfboards, but no waves. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's yeah, it, it has taught me a lot about being patient and, and just trying to wait for things to happen. So I agree with you when you say that people who have control issues should learn how to surf. That's right. And then- to experience it. And then they will just let it go. They will be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. I'll just go with the flow. I'll take no pressure on me. Whatever comes, I'll just take it and I'll be happy. And I think that makes you a happier person, right? I mean, that's the essence of happiness when you learn to let go. Exactly. So that's uh, that's true. Just just let go of things that you don't have any control of. Um... You can only make adjustments to things that you can control, but mm. you have to learn to accept to, you know, know the difference. I cannot control this, mm. and so I'm just gonna let it go and find some other productive things to do. Mm. Mm. I can hear you, babies. Although that's the dogs of the neighbor. Oh my god! So they come there, there to more- say hi. We, I, I live in a compound. The compound has like four. It's, it's a gated compound. It has okay. four houses. Um, one house, it's, it's, it's owned by a family, just okay. a single family. And okay. so um, the sister, the mom and one daughter lives in, the, in one house. Mm-hmm. And then the sister with her family lives in the other house. Mm-hmm. One house is the guest house. Mm-hmm. And the other house is my unit. So mm. we kind of know each other here because um, the family that owns it is our good friends of mine. Mm. Um, there, are, there, are, there are more dogs than people in this compound. 
So when it's feeding time, it's really crazy. But but you know, it 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 makes this compound really interesting because um, it's always happy with the dogs. They've got how many dogs? Let me count. Um, they've got six pup, um, six, and then they've got nine dogs. No and way. Got, yeah, and, and got got eleven. 11. And there are only seven people in the compound. What is happening? Oh my god! But, um, my puppies are not going to stay with me. I am rehoming them because I don't think I can manage um, so many. Manage all eleven of them by myself. Um, I don't. I usually go to the to the gym for my classes because they have a studio there for the virtual classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since um, summer gave birth, I haven't been doing the classes in the gym. I'm doing my classes here at home mm-hmm. just because I, I really can't leave them alone. And like I said, I have to wake up like at 5 a.m., 5.30, just to clean up. Mm-hmm. And just cleaning their area will take me a good an hour and a half. <laughs> so <laughs> it used to be shorter, but now that they're quite, they're two months, um, their poops are a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> they make more mess, and I would just usually clean up their space. Yeah. Now I have to clean them up as well, so because their their feet are oh full of them. Oh my god! So it's it's taking it's it. Taking a lot, a lot of time, and um, yeah. So five of them are already be are reserved. So in in two weeks' time, they will be leaving me and going into their um, get their, their 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 permanent families. And I have three more that I have to let go. I don't know if I'll be happy or sad. It's a mixed feeling, right? I, I know. You raised My them. Sister, my sister said, you will miss them, but you will be relieved. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That's so true. Because, you know, you've been part of their journey ever since they came into life. Yeah. And then when you, don't have, when you don't have the liberty to see them whenever you want to see them, that's also something that you might think, oh my God, you know, that's going to happen. But in reality they will be much, much more loved where in a family, they're only one of them, you know, or two of yeah, them. That's true. Um, they're so cute at this point. They're so yeah. adorable, their faces. Um, they're at this stage where you just want to really hold them and, and kiss them. Uh, <laughs> Even if they smell like poop, you know, they're, they're that cute now. Um, but what really bugs me, what, what really... Not stress, but but you know, cause I, I like to think about things. Um, what what really would hurt the most for me is the feeling that when I give them away, I won't be, I won't see them again, mm. and they yeah. will not be seeing each other. And you know, when you've got a brother and or a sister, and you know, I know they're dogs, but you kind of put yourself in their place and say. Um, they won't be seeing their brothers and sisters for their entire life anymore. And it, I, I think about that and it, it gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're giving, unless you're sharing them with someone who lives in your same compound or same city, or you have more chance to see them every now and then. Right. Well, I've got, I've got two of them who will be, will be taken by friends. Mm-hmm. At least two of them. I will, I can easily say, hey, how's, how's, um, how are the dogs doing? Mm. Um, the three who are reserved are from people that I don't know. Mm. But I'm trying to connect with them through social media so that, um, you know, I can just message them anytime and say, how, how, how are the dogs doing? Yeah. Uh, I, I had a personal experience in this, bro. Like, you know, uh, because, <clears throat> sorry, two years back, I rescued some cats and I keep rescuing cats and dogs. 
in I the city. I, I, I can see that you love cats. Yeah. <laughs> I also love dogs, but now since uh, we have cats, uh, no chance for dogs <laughs> right now. Um, so I rescued few animals every now and then, and then I I find foster homes for them. And uh, you know, uh, language is a barrier first of all for me, because uh, you have to speak Vietnamese if you want to foster them faster to homes, right? And then I found some people uh, who took the cats, and then for first week it was okay, and after three weeks when I tried to connect with these guys on internet, no one replied. And then I was like, that just breaks my heart, you know, because I think for some people, they might be animals, but for me, it's a living being. So uh, I don't know. I understand what you're trying to say that after a few years, if you want to go and <clears throat> and say that, hey, how's that pup? And if somebody doesn't reply, then you'll be like, okay, so there is no connection anymore. Well, I hope, I pray it doesn't happen. <clears throat> um but I do hope that the families that they're going to are going to love them mm. unconditionally. Um, mm. I kinda, uh, the ones that I don't know, I also screened before because um, I'm selling them. Yeah. Um, I ask, I, I, I kind of um, subtly ask um, why they want the dog. And from there, I sort of decide if I am giving it to them. Mm. Um, I'm very particular not to sell it to a breeder. Because mm. they're just going to try to get more babies out of yeah. the, the puppy. Yeah. Uh, in the Philippines, there are a lot of people who are business-minded and they try to buy and sell the pups. So if they're trying to um, get a big discount out of the price that I want. That is a that's a red flag for me because I know that the reason why they want it mm. really cheap so that they can um, add more price and then sell it for them. Price and then sell it. Um, so I don't give it to them. Um, so far, um, one of the person that I'm giving one of the puppies to is a. Uh, um, the story is we had the same chihuahua and um, they were pregnant at the same time. Um, the mom didn't make it. So the mommy chihuahua died. And I think the puppy that she wanted looks exactly the same as the, the, one, that, the one that died. So she just wants to feel that her dog is still there with her. So I gave it to her. There were a lot of people who were asking for that dog at a much higher price, but I decided to give it to her just because I was more um, convinced that the dog will be loved. Another one was a dad who's giving the puppy um, to a kid, to his kid. And I particularly like that because um, the dad was picking from three of the pups that I have. And one of the vet visits that we had, because I don't normally ask them to come here and see the, the puppies because, you know, with, with okay. COVID, um, we can't just entertain people at, at your home. So we decided, okay, I'll just go to the vet and watch them. So, you know, tells me that they really want the, the best pup for, for the kid because they went out of their way to come with me to the vet just to see the puppies before they decide. The other one is a doctor um, who wants to, you know, he had a dog before and the dog died. I don't know who died or because he was telling me a story about him and the part and his partner and, and the dog. So but but at the end of the day he doesn't have the dog anymore. Um, and so he wants to have another dog as company. And then uh, two of the other future families are are my friends. Mm. One of them, one of my pops, already have an Instagram account. Just because the future parent um, is so excited. 
um, she started to make a, an Instagram account. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> like the pub doesn't even know I have an Instagram account. Exactly. So yeah. I That's really scream. nice. So it's keeping you busy, huh? It's keeping you busy. I'm going to ask a question. Yes, please. Because I saw you rescue a pig. Yes. So what happened to that pig? The pig is no more alive. It's, ah! Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's sad. And uh, it, it's kind of, you know, uh, I think for me, it's it just brings down everything to how people react when uh, there is a stress the, or when people react when you see somebody or something that needs your help, right? Because the way that we found the pig, bro, like it's crazy. Like it, it's in the middle of the highway and you can just yeah, and you can just see a small animal you know and you know even if you want to eat meat because i was vegan for some time and i was just trying to be vegetarian vegan and everything and then i came to a conclusion i do not i do not want to stop i want to eat meat i mean but that doesn't make me a bad person but i want to eat meat in a way where i don't waste a life so if there is an animal that dies because of me I want to make sure that I respect that death and I eat it and I don't waste anything. And that's my way of staying non-vegetarian, right? Mm. And you see this small baby on the street and then a car kind of hit her. And then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like you see there is an animal on the street. Just pick it up. Why do you want to run over it? So, uh, I mean, cut, to cut the story short, we brought the animal to Ho Chi Minh City to uh, a vet. And for three days, the animal was given a lot of uh, intervenal and everything. And they were trying to see if there is any injury. And then there were multiple people who were reaching out to me on my social media saying that they want to buy the pig. Why? Because they want to raise it. Then I was like, just like you, I was asking questions. So what do you want to do when you raise it? They're like, then we're going to cut it for meat. Then I know technically these kind of animals are raised for it because these are farm animals. But my heart wasn't at the right place. I was like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. Then one another person said that they want to take it to their farm in some outskirts of the city. Then I was like, why? They're like, because uh, they want a pig. They want a baby pig. Then one of my Vietnamese friends said that eating baby pigs is a very delicacy. Like, it, people like it. So it just made me even more sad. But unfortunately, I think uh, we made a couple of visits. Me and my friends, we made three visits to the vet. Uh, and the pig was so happy to see us, you know. You see the tail and the way that the pig wants to be on your hands, doesn't want to let you go. Uh, it made me quite emotional. And uh, I went for a race in the north of Vietnam. <clears throat> and that, that's when I was told that the pig died. Oh, it's, so it's it died crazy. in the- it, it died in the, in the, in the clinic. clinic. Yeah. So the reason the doctor said the pig died because the pig couldn't stop crying. Oh. Maybe it was... <clears throat> maybe she was too young to be separated from, from the mom at that exactly. time. But pigs are cute. Especially they're cute. when they're <laughs> yeah, and they're not smelly. Like if you if you raise a pig just as a pet, they're not smelly. They're smelly because they're outside in the dirt and everything, right? And they like like dogs. They they like to play in their poop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the pig was so we got that cement, uh, cremation, and after cremation, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I got a tattoo on my hand actually, right there. Oh. So cute. Her name is Betsy. You know, you said that pigs are the baby pigs are a delicacy in Vietnam. Yeah. I think it's a delicacy anywhere. Um, <laughs> in the Philippines, it's a delicacy to roast a pig, a whole wow. pig. So normally, when there's a big celebration, they would kill a whole pig. They will put it in a bamboo stick. And they have this, um, they would just lay um, coals, charcoals, set it on fire and let it, let it um, 
uh, and let that charcoal be the ones that, that would cook the pig. Mm. And recently, well, it's been here for for it's been here for a long time. But recently, there's a fad in 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 having that. It's called the cochinillo. Um, it, it's Spanish for small roast pig. Oh, so no. the baby pig, because it's the, the meat is tender, m- much more tender than the, and you can easily serve it on, on the table. But you know, come when you when you think of it that way, you killed <laughs> to get to that. You have you will have to kill a baby pig, which is like heartbreaking. Yeah, but I'm yeah. used to. I'm used to the sound of pigs being killed because um, in my parents' house, uh, not here in the Philippines, not not here in Manila, but um, in one of the provinces, they used to have a, a pig business. Oh, so they okay. will they will grow about three pigs, and when it's time, um, they will sell the pigs to the vendors, and they kill the pig in. In, in 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 where our house is in the province because mm. it's a big it's a big lot and so they would do that early early in the morning and you will hear the pigs screaming because you know they're slaughtering the pig wow. and that's something that I would during the summer I would hear that wow that's heavy and especially it's, it's, as it's, a kid right as a kid it's hard because it's it's a life but then. I don't know what to think about how to think about it because mm. you know it's 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 the nature of the world. If you come if if you think about it, even the animals in the wild, they will have to they will have to kill for exactly. them to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not different with us. Yeah. Um that's what we do as well. And if there's a bigger fiercer animal than us that's what's going to happen to us too if we put then they're ourselves gonna eat us. In, yeah they're going to eat us so um yeah it's just the way of the world but then also some animals have decided i'm not going to eat another animal i'm just going to eat plants yeah. but if you think of it plants are living things too exactly plants have lives and plants have feelings and there so, have been so many research where it's shown that, you know, the, the trees have emotions and feelings as well. Yeah, they get stressed. I mean, if, stressed. You, if, if you do something to them that is not good for them, they would show that they're stressed by, um, you know, having their leaves um, a little bit droopy. Mm. But then you take care of them and the leaf starts to shine, you know, lift it up. Yeah. It looks beautiful. So, so while they don't act like animals, you can also see that they are living. They they feel stuff. Yeah, it's just the way of the world. Mm. But like what you said, it's just um, you know there are some religions who would um, before killing an animal they would pray over it or they would say um, uh, a ritual or something just to show respect that. Um, your, I mean, it will not, your body will not go to waste. Right, so. Yeah. I want to think about it, especially because pigs are cute and I like pork. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the middle. You're like, so what should I do? Uh, eat or play? Or? <laughs> One of my dogs, Chloe, looked like a pig. So every time <laughs> I see a small, you know, that, that baby pig on a, on a plate, I would always think about, oh, no, that looks like Chloe. Chloe, find her. Yeah, okay. This is my piglet. She looks like a pig. Look at the tummy. Chloe, look at the tummy. I cannot imagine her on a a stick being roasted. No. She's so cute. And they love cuddles, right? This one loves it. And, oh, that's so cute. This one is the most nasty. Oh, I I can hear that, yeah. It's she a she or a he? She gnarls at everybody. Yeah. She's always Except like, mm, don't touch me. She only likes to be with me. No one else. Oh, okay. But this girl, <laughs> um, she was given to me and she was two years old. 
neglected dog. Why is she growling all the time? I don't know. She might have. She might have been really neglected because um, she was just given to me and mm. no information at all. I go, um, what's her age? I don't know. She's about two years old. I don't know. I don't remember her birth. Um, when was the last time that she was vaccinated? I mm. don't know. So <laughs> it was like <laughs> just given to me. Um, you go and take care of her. Wow. So probably she's not been treated well in mm. her first two years. And no, she's got some issues. <laughs> she's like, oh, I got issues. Don't touch me right now. <laughs> she, she loves to be cuddled by me. But, but that's only she you. Doesn't want, she doesn't want other dogs around. Oh. To normally bark when Chloe and Summer would come near me. She just snaps. Wow. And then when there are other people here, she barks at them nonstop, but the, the tail wags. Oh, she's confused. But then until, if, 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 the, if, if she's used to that person, she'll still bark at that person, but, she, but, but when, when you carry her and cuddle her, she'll stop. Mm. But um, she has to get used to you before you can do that. That's interesting because that actually leaves me so confused. I'd be like, what do you want? And she was like, when she was normally, you know, dogs or cats, when you get a new puppy, they would not not normally feel comfortable with you Mm -hmm. in the first week or so. Mm -hmm. When she was given to me, she was like already um, wanted to be cuddled by me. On the first night that she was here, she was like following me everywhere. She wants to be picked up. And so I thought, ooh, cute dog. And then after uh, a few months, then I saw that there's a, an evil side to her. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I can't let go of her. I love this dog. They keep you busy. They keep you busy. Yeah. But, hey, Ricky. But, yeah, I have. I'm going to hear mass at around ten fifteen. So yeah, just yeah. letting you know. Um, yeah. How much time do you have? It's ten o'clock here now, so about fifteen Ooh. minutes. Oh, okay, okay. I wanted to ask you something really quick. How yeah. did you get into fitness? Now that's something that I always wanted to ask you a long time back, but I never really had an opportunity. Um, dancing is what got me into fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really, um, if you ask me, when did I start going to the gym and started to decide to, to work out? Become an instructor and then, yeah, like, it, how? I started in the gym. I used it as a way to cope with my mom's death. Because mm. um, my dad died earlier and then my mom uh, died two years after. So I had to get my, my mind out of um, the sadness of losing mm. my parents at uh, an early stage. Um, and so I enrolled in the gym to keep me busy. Um, every time I have free time, I was in the gym. Mm. But I was already dancing at that time. I was already a professional dancer. Um, one of the instructors in when fitness first came out in the Philippines, one of the instructors said, hey, um, she wanted to train me to teach... Um, Kickboxing. Body combat? No, kickboxing. No, 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 there was no body combat in kickboxing. So um, I was very hesitant because I hate doing routines. Even as a dancer, I don't like to choreograph. Um, so no, I just went to the gym, but um, I would attend her class. And then body jumping in the Philippines. Mm. And she knew my reasons. So she went back to me again. Hey, do you want to teach? No, I don't want to teach. No, no, no. This is different this time. Um, everything is given to you. Um, the choreography, the music, and all. And mm. all you have to do is learn it. And that's mm. what I do um, mm. as my as a job, uh, as a dancer. You mm. are given choreography, you learn it. So I go, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's try it. So I ask her, what are the perks? You don't have to pay gym membership anymore. <laughs> you can just go to the gym and work out. And that mm. that is what got me to decide mm. yeah okay i'm doing this training 
Um, what I release was 24. that? 24. Oh my God. I think I'm just going to... We're launching 97. We, we're launching 97 now. Um, wow. So I trained and I started to... I, I taught two classes in a week. I said, I'm not going to do anymore. I just want to get to the gym for free and work out. And, you know, <laughs> also get paid while I'm working out. Fine. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what happened in between that and um, I think I was I wasn't even the top name when you when when you talk about body jam in the Philippines. There were like the favorite instructors and me somewhere in the middle. Mm. I know I wasn't the most hated one, but you know, <laughs> um, maybe I was doing well because. Um, when Les Mills decided that we want to grow the market in Southeast Asia um, and, and build a team of trainers and presenters in Southeast Asia, my boss, mm-hmm. uh, who was also a Les Mills trainer for Pump, Frank Drew, I don't know if you know him, but um, mm. he was our manager. Okay. He pushed me to, um, to, to participate in that audition like you did. Mm. Um, but the, the requirement was he had to be certified. I wasn't certified back then when, when that happened. So he went to my class and say, if you're not doing your certification, I'm going to your class and I am going to film your class to submit it to Les Mills. So he went to my class, filmed okay. it and submitted it to, to Les Mills. And immediately I got a response that uh, I was certified. Um, and... Um, the audition process back then was just much like yours that the trainer, the head trainers would go to the country and select. Um, so when they went to the Philippines, they, they saw me and they picked three people to do body jam mm. from the Philippines and then one person from Singapore and Malaysia. So there were five of us. Um, but we had to go to Malaysia to do the boot camp. Ah. Okay. And I go, sir, I don't have the money to travel to Malaysia because that's an expensive flight. Mm. You know what he did? He, mm. he let the company pay for it. Um, um, wow. So I was able to go to the boot camp um, um, and did the boot camp. Um, the boot camp there was uh, two days. We had to stay in Malaysia for two days. Um, my advantage over the other candidates were Two of the guys from the Philippines, they were really great dancers because with the, their style is much more, very much body jam, which is hip-hop. I'm jazz, so I'm, I'm not really, um, in terms of technique, my technique is not really body jam technique. And then the girl from Singapore was good with talking, coaching, okay. with, uh, with coaching, but not really a good dancer. Like... Um, like the two boys uh, from the Philippines. I was the middle ground. Um, I know how to speak and I've got very decent technique because of my training in dance. So, I mean, uh, I think I was the middle ground. So I was the one chosen to be the trainer. Mm, so that's how your journey started. Yeah, that's, that's how it started for me. And, and yeah. And then Fetty came along, but they got Fetty first as a presenter. Uh, okay, okay. Now I now I kind of understand. Hmm. Yeah, so um, I tried to train. I was trained in body pump, in body vibe back then, um, in body step and in body balance. But I dropped all of those programs and decided to stay with with dance because I can't memorize everything every three months. It's 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 really hard, especially if you're teaching body jam takes yeah. a whole lot of time to memorize that, yeah. that routine because everything I've is different seen, every I've seen the choreo notes <clears throat> trust me I have no idea anyways I don't dance but I, I think you have to go so uh, maybe two or three months from now let's uh, because I want to know more about your experience as a instructor as a trainer all these things but we're going to dive into that some other time if you're okay sure, sure. 
But thank you for inviting me. Bro. Thank you for spending time just to get to know who I am. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. And I've got so many questions. But as I said, it's not like the TV show kind of thing. So we're just going to chill. Talk to the summer and